0: Uh, We've been talking about the crazy train, and we'll pray here in just a second. But uh, we were talking about the crazy train, and on Wednesday, I felt like there was one extra one that uh, God had for us, and uh, it was last Wednesday, and it was worry that the caboose on this crazy train, the engine, of course, right, was flesh and self and that kind of thing, but the caboose was worry. And the message on, on, on Wednesday was simple, replace worry with worship. And when he starts playing, I'm like, I get my like hands to clap and get to sing it. The, the way you worship, as you worship and it goes up, your worry goes down. And as you begin to worship who he is and you begin to clap, get your toe going, doing your thing, those chairs, they'll stay up by themselves. You can take your hands off those. They're not going to fall down, I swear. Neither will you. You can like put your, I pray, you put your hands up like, hey, look there, the chair's not going to fall over. It's good, yeah. It's. And you get just going, you know, I'm not a dancer. I'm not probably going to be doing a jig or anything. But in my head, I am. But you can uh, get that online, too. Replace worry with worship. It's yeah. was a good message for me. I needed to hear it. Father, we thank you today that we can worship you, that regardless of our situation, what we're going through, what we see, what we face, Father, in the moment, we don't need a piano, a guitar, Father. We don't need the drums. We don't need all those things in our life as we drive down the street, as we walk into work. Father, as we sit at home or as we walk around the block, I thank you, Father, that we can worship you wherever we are. And, Father, we may not sing the best, but I thank you, Father, that everything that comes out of our mouth and out of our heart, Father, is beautiful to you. We thank you for it. Father, we lift you up this morning, and we ask you to anoint our eyes and ears, to see, Father, and hear like we never have before, that our hearts are good ground, that your word, Father, is a fantastic seed that is lodged, Father, in our hearts. And as we live your word, Father, as we act on your word, I thank you, Father, that it brings up a great harvest in our life, and we're blessed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Huh, you glad you came to church today? It's good stuff. Woo! You may be seated. God's good. We've been cruising through the crazy train. If you haven't been around here and you've missed a couple over the last few weeks, I want to encourage you to get online and, and check that out. I'm not saying you're clinically crazy, but I am saying that a lot of us do some crazy stuff. And so God gave me some things to share and to talk about, and the idea is that we compromise the word that we know is true in our hearts, that's the station. We compromise, we get on the train, the train is driven by self and flesh. We have insecurity, there's compromise, those are two of the things we talked about. We talked about bitterness, and today we talk about addiction. And uh, this isn't probably of the three, none of them sound to be like a lot of fun insecurity, comparison, bitterness. But addiction's a difficult one to talk about. And uh, I just, I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't need to know what you're addicted, why you're addicted, how you're addicted. The whole idea of this whole thing is how do I get free? That's all I care about. You know, that's all that matters. And I shared in the, in the other services that, you know, when, when you end up with cancer, the question isn't how, where, why, all those kind of things. The answer is, you know, How do I get rid of it? How do I get healed? How do I get better? And if you spend all of your time and energy chasing after the hows and the whys, chasing after the where did this cancer come from, those things, you're going to find yourself in a dark place. But if you spend your time focusing on God, I need your healing power to operate in my life. I need to follow you and your plan and your will. I need to be directly in the center of it. I believe that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus, and I am coming after you to hang on to your garment, Father to heal me, and to set me free, you'll end up in a better place. So I just tell you today, whatever it is that you're addicted to, God has an answer for you. And you may have tried, and you may have fallen, and you may have gone a direction, and you may be in a program, or you may you know, be seeing a counselor. Or I'm not saying any of those things are bad, but I am telling you this. The only way to truly get free is to have God touch your heart by the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the only way to get truly free. So we're going to share a little bit today, just about addiction and about some things. But I wanted to ask you a question first, just because there is things to celebrate and things to get excited about. How many of you in this place today have overcome in your life some form or some type of addiction that you've over- I mean, look at that! I mean, all the way! I mean, it's it's everywhere. You know, you've overcome. Praise God! That's good news, man. That is good news, isn't it? Huh? Jeez! Wow, that's good stuff. Tim is on his way. Tim Wheeler, you can hold him accountable. Seven days, no, no chewing tobacco, right, Tim? No dipping, huh? Just give Tim a hand. Seven days, good stuff. That way, everybody that you see nice see, you're, you're accountable to all these people. So you're either going to have to swallow the whole thing or you're going to have to not do it. How many of you do this, though? How many of you know somebody or are related to somebody? See, addiction, it's, it's an epidemic. It really is. How many of you know somebody or are related to somebody who at this moment is is wrecking their life through addiction? Sam I and it it's not a victimless situation. It touches and it affects everybody. The addict says things like, Well, I'm only hurting myself. No, that's not true, man. You're hurting everybody around you. Those who care about you and love you, and even those who don't. Your kids. If you're an addict, if you're addicted, and I, you know, whatever you're addicted to. I mean, it could be drugs, it could be alcohol, it could be pornography. It could, I don't know what it is, man. Is it pop? Is it food? Is it Diet Coke? Yes, guilty. But uh, I can quit anytime I want to. Um, you know, I mean, it's those, <laughs> it's those kind of things that we say, right? Some, I just don't want to, right. <laughs> i got to remember that. Thank you. I just don't want to, honey. But I only got a two liter this time because I know when it's gone, I'm done. Right? I mean, I can't, I didn't say get me a 12-pack, don't go get me a case, just say when, that, when the two liters gone, I'll be done. Isn't that what we say? Stuff like that. After this pack, I won't smoke anymore. After this pack, I won't buy anymore. That's what I said. God, I won't buy anymore. See, and I didn't have to quit smoking until God said, stop smoking. I'm not saying you're going to hell because you smoke. I mean, that's, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying, hey, a sin is a sin if God told you to stop doing something and you still do it. If God told you to start doing something and you won't start it, that's sin. I'm not telling you smoking's a sin. I'm asking you, has God told you to stop? It's quiet in here, isn't it? <laughs> because that's when it became a sin in my life. That's when it became a real problem. And that's when I had to say, okay, God, I'll give it to you. I quit. But how many of you know? If you try to do it in your flesh... You fail. And so I said, I'm not gonna buy any more after this day, and I didn't buy any more. I just stole them from everybody else I knew. <laughs> I'd walk up and down the aisles at work, you know, or at Cat, just whoosh, whoosh. Man, I'd get on somebody's table, I'd get a couple of them, and I'd run around, you know. Like I'm stealing gold bars or something, run to the bathroom, you know, and smoke that cigarette because I anybody to know, man. But now they're all like, Man, you take my smokes? No, did you take my smokes? Who's taking all my smokes? You smell like smoke, man. I thought you quit. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, man. So then all my friends hated me because I was stealing. But I finally had to say, okay, God, if that's, if that's, your, if that's your will for me, you've got to help me because I, I obviously cannot do it in my own strength. And I want to encourage you today, you know, in this place, you can't, you can't break addiction in your life in your own strength. You can't break addiction by reading a book. I would even say, and don't stone me, you you probably can't break addiction by reading the Bible. Although that might help you or lead you toward freedom. But there are a lot of people who know the word that are addicted to stuff. You you only get free when you allow the Spirit of God to touch your heart and to change you. So I said, God, what do I need to do? I mean, this is is serious. And he said, every time that that craving comes... Begin to pray in the Spirit. I said, well, that's good for you, man. But is there a patch or some gum or something I could, you know, is there something I could, I could, no. You're free. The, the question is, are you going to remain free? See, he sets us free as we come to him and open ourselves up to him. The Spirit of God and the anointing of God will set you free. Luke 4.18 Jesus said himself that the spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and the recovery of sight to blind, to set it at liberty, to bring freedom to all those who are oppressed. He said, I've set you free. Now the key is you're going to have to walk it out day by day, moment by moment. You're going to have to fight. And so I said, all right. So I get up in the morning, and you know you want to smoke. Because it's morning, and you have your coffee, and it's nice and cool outside, and you want to smoke, but God said, I can't smoke. So you begin to pray in the Spirit. And you know what? You don't smoke. Well, how does that work? Well, you can't be in the flesh and the Spirit at the same time. And praying in the Spirit brings you into the Spirit. And then at work, of course, you go to break. You've got to smoke a break because that's what you always do. You eat lunch, you got to smoke after lunch because it's really good to smoke after you eat, isn't it? I mean, it's, just, it's the best. Anyway, you get, get, the, you get, get the, the drift. But it began to pray in the Spirit. It began to do that. And what that began to do was it began to day by day get me stronger, day by day get me to the next place, moment by moment get me past that thing. But I had to fight. I I had to pick up the sword. I had to go at it. it we are a sensa generation. Now, do you know what? Did you do sensa one time? Somebody did sensa. Somebody under it's this stuff. It's huh? Apparently, it didn't work. Right? Sorry, I didn't mean. <laughs> sorry, Brent. Uh, Brent, is it, it this stuff that they sell, and but you know what it is? You can, it says you can shake it on your food, and then you can eat whatever you want. It's like miracle salt. You shake it on your food, and you eat whatever you want. And the ad actually says, don't worry about that difficult dieting. Just sprinkle some of this on it, and you're fine. You'll lose weight. That's witchcraft. There is something not right about that. We know instinctively, like, that shouldn't work. But if it does, maybe I should give it a shot. We just want God to sprinkle something on us. We don't want to have to do the work. And I know the Bible says that you don't have to do You actually can't do anything to get free. The Spirit of God sets you free. But you will have to work at staying free. But listen, he's with you. He'll never leave you, and he'll never forsake you. So when you drop that thing today, when he breaks the chain off your life this afternoon and you walk out of this place... You begin a battle and a fight. And you're going to have to battle and you're going to have to fight. Every day. I'm not saying replace one vice with another or any of those kind of things. I'm saying allow God to make a difference in your life. Addiction, man, it affects all of us. And I don't know and I don't really need to know what you are addicted to. I just want you to to be free. I just want to be a body of believers who are free from addiction and a place where people know they can come into this house and the Spirit of God did something in their life and it changed them. In this church, we've been like that. We were planted here on purpose. This church, for a purpose, and part of that purpose is to bring the anointing of God into a place to touch the lives of people who are addicted, who are broken, Who are hurting and allow God and His Spirit to minister to them in a way that sets them free and brings them back to life. I can't do it. You can't do it. The best counselor in the world can't save you and fix you. The best program in the world can't save you and fix you. Only Jesus can do that. But I'm telling you, addiction is darkness and it begins to cover your eyes. It starts with a seed. It's nobody, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, you know what? I think today is the day I get addicted. I think today's the day that I get addicted to pornography. I I think it is today. I'm going to do it today. Nobody does that. This doesn't happen just in the world. The statistics were staggering. I I quit looking as I was doing research and looking. I I just stopped. I stopped looking at addiction statistics because they were overwhelming. They were bringing me down. It's in the church, too. All kinds of addiction. I could ask you today, like, how many of you are addicted to something? I I, I will at the end. (laughs) Not right now. Because it's important that we're not addicted to anything except for him. Because what you are addicted to becomes your master. And really, ultimately, addiction is idolatry. Sin is doing what God has asked you not to do or not doing what he's asked you to stop doing or doing whatever he asks you to stop doing. That's sin. Addiction is a habitual choosing of that sin over God. And you think that one time's not a big deal, two things not a big deal, four times not a big deal? It becomes addiction as you continue to walk in that sin. I'm not saying there's not forgiveness for it. I'm not saying that God won't take care of things. I'm not saying that God can't fix your heart, can't change your life, can't fix your body. But I'm saying the way you become addicted is moment by moment, choice by choice, the same way that you choose to be free. That in being free, the spirit of God, the spirit of life, the spirit of light hits you in your life, in your heart, and changes you in your heart. And then from day by day, you walk that out. Addiction happens because the spirit of darkness attaches itself to you somewhere along the way in your heart, and day by day, you walk that out. Yet we come into a place like this, and we say, God, I want to be free, but I can't break these chains. No, you can't, but he can. But then the whole idea is, man, I have got to surround myself with the word. What controls you will become your master. Second Peter, in chapter 2. It says, and it's talking, or it's chapter 2, verse 19 of Second Peter. It's talking about, in this particular passage, it's, it's talking about false teachers and how they affect people because it's a lie. It's not because they're, you know, bad folks. It's because they're, they're, they're teaching a lie, and we're believing, whatever we believe, see, whatever we take in becomes our master, and that's what this is talking about. It says in verse 19 that these people promise the others freedom. While they themselves are slaves of depravity. For people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. People are slaves to whatever has mastered them. But Paul says in Romans that we're supposed to only be slaves of righteousness because Jesus Christ has died on the cross for us. And because he has done that, in verse 16 it says, Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. That's your choice. He goes on in in, in the next verse, though, and says in 17, but thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and become slaves to righteousness. That you choose to be... A slave to righteousness, that you choose to be attached to the Word, that you choose to walk with Him. It's a choice. Well, I didn't choose to be addicted. My grandpa was addicted, and my dad was addicted, so I'm addicted. That's not true. You came from that DNA. But I am telling you, they haven't found the DNA, they haven't found the gene that says because he's an alcoholic, you're an alcoholic. But they have said, you will probably have a likelier chance of becoming one because grandpa, great grandpa, dad, your uncle. You have a greater propensity to become addicted if you come from those who are addicted. But how about this? You get Jesus Christ, you grab hold of his garment and you become the first person in your family who wasn't addicted. You become the first person to break that curse in your life and to walk out of that place not an addict when everybody else had been. See, we become that because we choose it. We lie and say we don't want to. But the enemy begins to shut down your mind. And there's a story in Isaiah, and it's in chapter 44, and you don't have to necessarily turn there, and I can paraphrase some of the story. It's a story about idolatrous Israel and the fact that, that Israel has chosen other gods over God. And that was, like, that, was, that was God's big deal. Don't be idolatrous. Don't go after the gods of all these other people. I am the one true God, come after me. That was, that was like his thing. And they chose not to. And it's a, this, this story, is, 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 it's a little bit out there, and I know it takes a little bit to understand. But you can go home and read it a couple times and see if God doesn't, it's a story really that depicts the emptiness of addiction. Because addiction is it's just idolatry. You have chosen this thing over God. How many of you who are addicted, you don't have to raise your hand, but you know that you're addicted to something, and you say, I don't know, man, but I'm, okay, if God's told you to stop doing something, and you say, well, I'll do it next week, I'll do it after this one, I'll, I'll, I'll eventually get to that, that, that might be a problem, might be an addiction. So if you're in that position, if you're dealing with those things, See if you don't begin to see yourself in this this situation. In the beginning of this story, it says that this man went out in the woods and and he cut down some wood. It said, well, he cut it down or he planted some seed or whatever it was. He cut down cedars, it says, or perhaps he took a, a cypress or an oak. He let some grow in the forest. He planted a pine. The rain came down and made it grow. Well, what the heck does all that mean? It started with a seed, That somewhere along the way, this thing that this guy eventually cuts down and makes an idol started with a seed. That's what it's saying. That it's just growing there. It's just there. And somewhere along the way, it began. Somewhere along the way, your addiction started. Now, a lot of people in the natural want to work with the outside, and then try to find the root. And I'm not saying we don't find the root, but I'm telling you this. There is no real behavioral change unless you change the heart. You have to begin at the heart. Because if you go and you sit with somebody over a period of months or years, and they begin to talk to you about your addiction and your problem, they begin to work down towards something by trying to make you act better, do different things. I'm not saying counseling's wrong. What I'm saying is you have to start at the heart. You have to allow God to touch your heart. You have to allow God to have control of your life. Addiction's about control. Who has control? And it goes from this, and it says that he uses the, the wood for fuel and all these things. But then it says somewhere in here that, you know what? He, he begins to carve a little idol out of the wood. And then he begins to fall deeper and deeper into this this darkness. And he actually says to the idol, can you save me? How many of you know addicts, man? They, they They just want help. Somebody help me. Can you help me? Can you help me? I don't want to be like this. And it goes on, and you can read in verse 17, it says, from the rest he makes his God, his idol, and he bows down to it and he worships it. He prays to it. And he says, save me. Verse 18, it says, they, they knew nothing, they understand nothing, their eyes are plastered over so they cannot see, and their minds are closed so they cannot understand. It begins to dull all those senses. Well, why is that important? Because as a man thinks, so is he. How do you change and how do you have your life transformed by Christ? You renew your Mind to the word. An addiction, no matter what it is, it begins to dull that thing. You begin to make horrible deals with yourself. You know what? I'll just do it one more time and then I won't do it ever again. You begin to, to lie, to cheat, to, it drives you down a bad path. Why? What does it do? It darkens your conscience. Silences your spirit man who on the inside is saying don't but see this this passage says that i can't help it because i know nothing i understand nothing my eyes they're they're covered over they cannot see my mind is closed i can't understand and verse 19 is one of the this is one of the things that when i read this eight times to try to understand it when i read this in verse 19 it says no one stops to think No one stops to think. How many of you started off trying to be addicted? Just one thing led to another thing led to another thing. I never stopped to think about what I was doing to myself and to others. And and now I can't help it. I can't stop it's addiction the enemy gets hold of you and gets entrenched I, I, no matter what it is man i'm addicted to tic tacs i just can't get enough you know you can't have anything that sits in place of god in your life and you're like tic tacs listen you've said this to people when you've been grumpy and you got to work and they said, what's the matter with you? And you say, watch out, I haven't had my yet. You might want to, that might be an addiction. If it causes you to be a Frankenstein because you haven't had your Frankenberries this morning, that might be a problem. I'm not a. Di- I'm just telling, hey, look, don't come fight me. I'm just throwing it out there. We're the ones who say that. I'm the one who says, hey, hey, you know what? I haven't had my coffee yet. Just give me a break. Let me have my coffee. I'll be all right. Whoa. That's just coffee. But it'll take you down because you're all right because Jesus Christ is alive and he's on the throne and he lives on the inside of you and you have a relationship with him. That's why you're all right. Not because you had coffee. Although, thank God he created that bean because it is luscious. But listen, I mean, this just begins to pull you down. You don't even realize it, man. It's, it's so deceptive and it's so sneaky that by the time you recognize it, he has got his claws in you and he has drug you. You see it every day, don't you, Rod? It doesn't matter if it's drugs and alcohol, if it's pornography, or if it's food, or if it's pop, or if it's candy and sugar. Or, man, I don't know what it is. In Colorado, and this just, I haven't even got to the end of Ephesians, or Isaiah yet, hold on. In Colorado, I'm telling you, one in 10, 10% of the people in Colorado are addicted to drugs or alcohol. Now, it could be the same in Indiana, I don't know. I just, there's a reason why I, I looked at Colorado. It's 10% are addicted They're fifth nationally, not the good fifth, the bad fifth nationally, for alcohol abuse and dependency. Fifth. They're like right at the top of the list of the most people who are dependent. 60% of the addicted people in that state have mental health issues. Three in 10, 30% are in need of some type of substance abuse treatment or mental health treatment. And they just legalize marijuana. Because it's okay, man. What's the problem? What, what, what's the big deal? It's all right. Your state is falling to pieces. The people in your state are addicted to all kinds of crap, and your state is falling in a hole. But it's all right then? Eyes are closed. I have no understanding. Nobody stopped to think about it. Flesh. It's just like that story in Isaiah. And you know what happens in the end of that story in verse 20? It says, such a person feeds on ashes. ashes. A deluded heart misleads him. He cannot not save himself. Heck, he can't even recognize and say that, is this thing in my right hand not a lie? It's just all become true. That's the, that's the pit and the, the, that's addiction. You can't even tell the good from the bad. You can't even tell the truth from a lie. You can't tell the light from the darkness. You can't tell. It's completely clouded and shrouded who you are. And you may be here and say, you know what? That's not me, man. I'm like, I'm all right. I only do it sometimes. Could you stop if God asked you to? Well, I'm not even going to ask because he might, he might tell me to. That's, I've heard people say that. That's all right. No. Why not? Because he might tell me to stop. That's a clue. But I'm telling you, there's a way out. But there's only one. I'm telling you, you can be free. But there's only one way. You can try everything you know. Heck, you can sit down and look, this, I'm telling you, this is difficult for me to preach this message because I got nothing for you if you're addicted, man. I can't sit down with you and I cannot counsel you out of it. I can't sit down with you and go through a program with you to get you out of it. Now, I can sit down with you and I can counsel you through it and past it, but I can't do anything in who I am to get you free. Only God can do that. I can pray for you. I can lay hands on you. We can grab hands and agree in Jesus' name that the enemy takes his hands off your life and that the power of God hits you today and he breaks the chains and opens up the door. We can do that. The power of God is here and it's alive on the inside of me, all y'all that have the spirit of God on the inside of you. We just have to exercise it. We can do that. But it's difficult for a pastor or for a preacher or somebody to come in and say, you know, I want to give you six steps to being free from addiction. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha hey, lay it at the altar, let the power of God hit you, and then let's figure out the steps after that. The world is full of darkness. I was in Tulsa in August, and I I listened to a a guy speak a message. His name's Napoleon Kaufman. He was a running back for the Oakland Raiders, and uh, I'm not usually big on Pro athletes and talking and doing all that kind of stuff, but I really wanted—I'd never heard him speak before—and he came and he brought a message that was that was that was challenging, but it was a message that kind of helps us. Not today in this thing that says, "God, I need you to take this thing. I need you to break this addiction off my life. I need you to set me free." It's how do I walk out the door and stay straight? And he was very plain, he was very to the point, he spoke to all ages, but especially to younger folks and said, listen, if you want to remain pure in a world that's full of darkness, if you want to remain unaddicted in a world that's full and and defined by addiction, then listen, this is what you have to do. In Matthew it says, take my yoke upon you, take my burden, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light, Jesus said. Each day, take his, not somebody else's. Because the burden of what you've been carrying in your life has driven you to that thing. Whether it's alcohol or drugs or whatever that is, you've gone that direction many times because you've been carrying some weight of something that you were never designed to carry. that you were going in a direction and God says, you know what, give that to me because you can't do it and you know you can't do it and you find yourself in a bad place because you've, tr- I'm just trying to help him, God, but I, I've ended up in it and I don't know how to get out. Give that thing to him. Take his yoke upon you. The second thing he shared with us that night was that there is a washing and a regenerating that takes place in your life through the Word. Now listen, I didn't share this with any other service. This just popped out, I think. I didn't share this with any other service today. How many have we had? Is this third? All right. Too much Diet Coke, man. That stuff rots your brain. He said there is a washing and a regeneration that takes place as you get in the Word. But I thought you said if I read the Word, it won't help me. No, but if you read the Word and apply the Word, it will change your life. So each day you give that yoke and that burden to him of your junk and you take his upon you and you get in the word of God and you allow his word to regenerate your life. It'll change you. See, everybody wants to change you from the outside in. God wants to change you from the inside out. That's why he deals with your heart and then he tells you to renew your mind. The third thing he told us that night Y'all love me, right? Be careful of the relationships that you put yourself in. Because bad company corrupts good morals. Too many people in this life say, I want to be clean, but they hang out with addicts. And what you hang around is what you're going to become. I'm telling you what, there's a focus group in this church. There is service on Sunday and Wednesday. There is something going on every day. Get your butt in the Word. Get your butt in church. Get your butt in a class. Surround yourself with good people who are going the direction that you want to go, who aren't doing the things you used to do. And I am telling you what, give God a chance, man, and see if He won't change your life. I promise you, it's true. The fourth thing He told us that night, comes out of Jude. He said, listen, give your burden to God. Take His yoke on you. You can handle it. He's designed you for it. It'll keep you out of darkness, out of impurity, and out of addiction. He says, wash and regenerate yourself with the Word of God every day. He says, make time for godly relationships in your life and cut off the ones that aren't and boy i'm telling you to a young person that's tough but even to an adult that's difficult i'll be alone god no you won't he's always with you he'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you yeah but i need a human being next to me well he's put you in a whole room full of a bunch of them right here they're meeting all times during the week get hooked up well i don't know you know i mean all they say is like from dream to destiny. And I, what am I supposed to do? Hey, who cares what book you're reading? Who cares what you're studying? Put yourself in the middle of people who love God and who are going the right direction. Hitch a ride. The fourth thing he said comes out of Jude. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. Realize these are all four things that you have to do. The things you got to do when you walk out this door. When God sets you free, when He breaks the yoke, when He changes things in your life, when He fixes that thing in your heart, when He knocks off the doors and He sends you out into this world free, to stay free, you got to fight. Listen, many of you have fought to be addicted. You've fought your family. You've fought your friends. You've fought people who've tried to help you. You've fought like crazy to do what you're doing. Why don't we fight that? Why don't we fight like that to get free? There's a story in Luke chapter 8. We don't have to read it. You can look it up later. And it's a story of a guy who's demon-possessed. And listen, you may say, I got some issues, man. It's verses 26 through 36. This guy didn't have just one issue. They, Jesus said, what's your name? And he said, I don't have a name because my name is Legion. There's many. There's so many issues and so many problems and so many addictions and so many things going on in your life that, man, you don't even have a clue as where to start or what to do. But I'm telling you, Jesus looked at this man that nobody else could help, that was, that was hiding in the tombs, was naked, man, crazy. And it said that Jesus spoke to the demons that were on the inside of him and cast them out. Now, I'm not saying you're full of a demon today. What I'm trying to make an analogy here is the fact that you may be addicted today, but Jesus is going to speak to you. He's going to touch your life. We're going to lay hands on your head. And I'm telling you, the power of God is going to set something free on the inside of you because this young man was free. Like all of a sudden Jesus spoke to those things and cast them out. They went into the pigs and went into the lake. But that's just one side of the story. The next part of that story says the people were freaked out. They saw it happen. They knew this was the guy who was nuts, who was running around in the tombs. Yet here he sat at Jesus' feet, healed, clothed, and in his right mind. One minute a naked, nutty, crazy demoniac, the next minute clothed and in his right mind. What made the difference in his life? Jesus. Jesus came across his path. And you know, I don't want to think that maybe this guy was just like somewhere and Jesus said, hey, Bob, come out here. I hear you got problems. Yo, Bob, the demoniac, the, 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 the demoniac, come on out here. I wanna, it says that Jesus spoke to the demons that were on the inside of him. Well, what does that mean? That means the guy came to see where Jesus was and who he was. He had to present himself to Jesus. They had to come across the path. Somewhere the guy had to present himself. Somehow Jesus had to come. It, Jesus didn't say he went out in the wilderness. It said he got out of the boat and he stepped on the dry land, and there was this guy. How often do you read in the Bible in the New Testament where people were coming after Jesus, where the blind guy on the side of the road was saying, Jesus, 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 and they said, shut up, be quiet, you're going to bother him, and he said, I don't care if I bother him, I want to see, and my only hope in seeing is to get him to come over here and put his hand on me, so I'm going to scream, I'm going to yell, I'm going to jump up and down and do whatever I have to do to get his attention so that I can be free. Stand up. Please. Sorry. (laughs) I am telling you today. I know this is true. Sorry, John. I have an uncle, and we'll end with this, and I'm going to pray for you. It's a little late, but it's worth it. I've got an uncle, his name's Gene. And Uncle Gene was an alcoholic for a long long time ruining his life every day i mean addicted now my mom and 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 pastor bill they talked to him preached prayed for him tried to help him do things but gene was not looking for a spiritual answer He wasn't looking for God to do something in his heart. He just wanted somebody to sprinkle something on him so he wouldn't be like this anymore. But he couldn't help himself. And he was DUI and wrecks and problems and trouble in six rehab places. Six. I'm telling you. People can counsel you into some better behavior. You may think that, you know what, you've got it under control. But I'm telling you what, if God hasn't dealt with you at the heart of that issue by the power of the anointing anointing of the Holy Spirit, you aren't free. And each time he came out of that rehab place, he fell. And then he fell. And then he fell. And it began to demoralize him. It began to ruin him on the end. Think about that. Every time you try your best and you fall, You know what that's like. There's some of you here that know that. That's where you find yourself today. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I can't get free. And I know this is going to sound like some made-up deal, man. But one day, he was turning the TV channels and he came across the Richard Roberts show out at Oral Roberts University in Tulsa. And we lived in Tulsa at the time, so that caught his attention. They began to talk about this place called the City of Faith, and it was a place that Oral Roberts built. And in the City of Faith, it was a hospital and a doctor's place and a research facility and all these things. They said, we're opening up a floor on the City of Faith for dependency issues and addictions. And you can come here and you can get set free. Not just set free by a program, not just set free by some counseling, but set free by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life. Something on the inside of him said, that's for me. Demoralized, broken, horribly addicted, with no hope and no way out. And he called my mom and he said Pam can I come I want to go I want to try one more time and she said you know come and he got in his car he'd been living in the thing man I mean it was this was bad this guy was a principal of a big high school in Michigan City He was not a dummy. He was a guy who was highly educated, who was working toward, I think, a PhD in his life in education. This was not just some slouch dude. But the addiction had ruined him and rotted him from the inside. And he got in his car, and I think he drank from Indiana to Tulsa because he knew. That's my last shot, man. He rolled out of that car. Thank God my brother had to clean that up. A mess. And they took him that next day to the city of faith. And they prayed. Said, Gino, I know it's going to work. They sent him in. And the first night that he was in there, I said, look, before we start, before we begin, before we go through these issues and deal with the stuff and deal with the flesh and deal with the things, we have to first deal with the spirit part. And you have to be free spiritually. Your heart has to be set free and the chains have to be broken off your life. And the only way for that to happen is for the spirit of God to touch your life. For the Spirit of God to break those chains. You can't do it in the natural. We're going to help you walk this out. But we cannot get you there. We're just going to be totally honest with you and truthful. You need the power of God in your life right now. Stand up. So they all stood up and they began to pray for him and they got to Big Gino and he's a big guy and they reached out and they put their hands on his head and I mean he's one of those guys like yeah I ain't, I ain't falling down man he's got like you know he's doing this foot thing like yeah come on bring it to, bring it at me but I'm gonna you know and when they he said I'm here I want whatever you got and they put their hands on his head man and boom he fell down under the power and the anointing of God and you're here today going like that's freaky he doesn't drink no more I mean, I know it sounds odd that he had to walk it out, but man, something, he said, something happened. I don't know what it was, but I got up free. Now, he had to walk it out, and I'm telling you, he called my mother the warden because she chased after him with a cane stick, and she was on him to stay busy and to get in the Word. And to go. She put him in VBI, and she just filled him full of the Word, 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 Word. She got him a job digging ditches at the new Victory School so that because he, he wanted to be a principal again. He wanted to teach again, so she said, you know what you'll do? You'll go out there, and you'll run the guard shack all night, and then you'll get up in the morning, and you'll go to VBI, and in between, you'll dig ditches with the big backhoe, and then some." are in there you'll eat and you'll sleep but we're not going to give the enemy a chance and you're going to keep going forward and you're going to keep being filled with the word of God and I am telling you what it may sound strange to you and it may sound weird but do you want to be set free that bad because it may be strange and weird but I am telling you again that guy don't drink no more and he would tell you I don't know what it was at the time but I know now that it was the power of God and so today in the house, this is what I just felt to do. Just close your eyes and just, you just get quiet before God in this place. And I know the first thought, man, I'm just going to stay here and let him pray for me. I don't want anybody to know what are other people going to think. Let God speak to you right now. Let him pull on your heart. Is that you tonight, today? Is that, are you the one that's addicted? Are you the one that's addicted and you can't get free? Are you the one that woke up all of a sudden and found yourself in a pig pen and you have no idea how to get out? Are you the one that said, man, I never wanted to be like this. I never thought it would end up this way. I always thought I was the one who would beat it, but I didn't. I'm stuck right here where everybody else was and my life is a mess and I need God to touch me and I need God to change me and I don't wanna be like this anymore. I don't wanna be an addict. Raise your hand if that's you. In the house. All across this place. I'm telling you. Is that you? Is that you to say, I don't want to be like this anymore, man. I want to drop it. I want to quit. I don't want to. Come on now. Come down here real quick. Real quick. The ushers are going to come help us out. Come on down. Give them a hand. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm telling you. The Spirit of God is in this place to touch your life and to break the chain.